Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. There's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of those pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. I am bringing you a new guest who has, she has won the award for the most difficult guest (laughs) to get on this show because it took so much convincing for her to get on the show (laughs) and be a guest, but her name is Christine Ramirez. So I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, make sure to share a fun fact we had a hard time choosing one because you have a lot of them, so go ahead. I do indeed. All right, well, my name is Christine, and I am in charge of the Student Care Services Department at university, and that is basically doing inner healing ministry, helping people process, work through hard things. And Jenny is actually on my team. I am her boss. I feel like that's a great fun fact. She could fire me at any moment. <laughs> I And I almost have a few times. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Never. I actually want her to stay for forever. So stay. Consider it. (laughs) Consider that the offer. Um, And then another fun fact is I have a healthy obsession with elderly people. Then why is that? Well, first of all, they're adorable and amazing. But I think it started when I was in high school. I worked at a nursing home. And probably at the age of 16 or 17, which I don't know if that's a great thing to have teenagers bathe and Mm -hmm. care for elderly people, but Mm -hmm. it was a positive influence in my life. Mm -hmm. I have been peed on, pooped on, someone has thrown up in my mouth, I've been slapped and punched (laughs) (laughs) by that community, but in spite of all of that, I loved it. So much. I loved the people I worked with. And since then, I'm just very drawn to elderly people. Every story that you tell from that place (laughs) is hilarious. But at the same time, I always think you were allowed to do that or they let that happen. I always think that. I know. So, Christine, what have you been set free from? Something I've been set free from that goes along with singleness is needing to know if I'd be married one day or single for the rest of my life. It was just something that I thought about a lot, especially when I was younger and would journal about it at times where I'm like, I think by next year I'll probably be married. Or I really sense God saying in the next two years I'd be married. And then like four years pass and you're looking at old journal entry and you're like, I'm still not married. Um, So it was just always on my mind. And I've gotten a lot of healing from that because it's not something I even really think about anymore. So you're 39, almost 40. Yes, that's important to know. Four zero. We're going to throw you a big party, I promise. Please do. Please be prepared. I'm actually nervous. (laughs) (laughs) But as you're almost 40, what are some of your greatest joys and then also greatest struggles that you've dealt with in these 40 years? 
Along the lines of singleness? Yeah. Not just in general. I'm okay, because sure I've got ready. a lot. I'm like, whoa, that opens the pool to a lot. Um, along the lines of singleness, greatest joys would be uh, my community. I have the sweetest community, incredible group of friends, and a lot of freedom that I think I have gained in being single. I know that marriage would be an incredible gift as well, but my time is my own time, and I can give that to community in ways that I would not be able to otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, struggles would be not having, it's really practical at this age. The thought of buying a home or other super adult like things is harder because of a single income. It's not like me and my spouse's income. It's my own or the Mm -hmm. idea of like fixing things when they break car issues, taxes, all those things. I'm the one dealing with those. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it has been very humbling for me because I've had to ask my community for help, my friends for help at times, which has actually brought me closer to them. Mm-hmm. And and then they're able to ask me hard things, and so we can help each other work through these types of things. So it's, it's been hard, but it's actually been really sweet too. Mm-hmm. I feel like in every story you tell or things you talk about or fun or hard moments in your life, you never say... So I stuffed it down and I didn't have a community around me to help me with it. You always have had genuine love and community. So it's not like not being married has robbed you from connection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I would say that I do not have deep loneliness that people are afraid of when they think of singleness. Mm -hmm. Like I was even talking to a friend and she had gotten married young and she was so she was like, I'm so glad that I'm married young. I don't know what I would have done with all my Friday nights, not having anything to do. Like, I don't want to be alone on Fridays. And I'm like, I've been single for years and I don't know. I'm rarely alone on Fridays. <laughs> and when I am, it's because I want to be. Mm-hmm. It's it's building deep, sweet connections with people, whether it's a spouse or friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious what you think on this, because there's a lot of language around singleness that requires a balancing act of sorts because we say be content where you're at but and you can want to get married but don't want it too badly or you know don't let that desire take over your life but it's okay to desire it so does being content mean that you get rid of the desire to be married first I want to say that I like how that's worded because I think it's so true. There's too much put on sing- single people of what you should or you shouldn't do. Yeah. Like you should do this, try this, don't be con- or be content here, don't do this. And it's too much for a single person to try and be like, what can I do to do this perfectly? Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do. I don't think being content means that you no longer have desires. I see it more as learning to be present with the people in front of you, though you have desires for more, you have desires for marriage a deeper relationship those don't disappear but you also want to be present in the moment with people and not be overtaken by the desires but it's to Mm -hmm. continue to submit them to God and to be able to be like okay I want that and I'm going to pray into it but I want to love the life I'm living right now right you know what's so funny is that today I was my goal for this semester one of them is to go through all the resources and books on our shelf and we have a lot and um get rid of outdated ones and keep the ones and recommend the ones we want to recommend more. So today I looked at two of them. One was about being a Christian with same-sex attraction. And then the other one was about myths, seven myths of singleness. Do you know that book? It's familiar, but I don't think I've read either of them. (laughs) But I skimmed and 
listen to podcasts on both of them. <laughs> but they both had the same dilemma in them in that the one written by same-sex attracted Christian was saying that he used to worry that he'd never be fulfilled because he couldn't have that relationship with a, another man. But then the single one was also wrestling with that same question of, I'm never going to be fulfilled if I'm not married. And both of them, in both those books, came to the same conclusion of, it's not about getting married or not. It's that Jesus is the one who fulfills that desire first and foremost. And then that love also overspills into our other relationships, whether that's a romantic one or not. Right. And so I thought that was super interesting of like, both of these, the problem was idolizing marriage. <laughs> yeah, and something I heard once was, if Jesus came that I may have an abundant life, then I don't wait, have to wait until I'm married to have an abundant life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such a powerful reminder of the goal is not marriage. Mm-hmm. That is something beautiful that can happen in this life, but there is so much more outside of that. Yeah. What would you say to listeners who are asking, if God truly is enough, then why do I still have those desires or yearn for something more? I think that there's something beautiful about longing for one another. And it doesn't mean that we aren't saying God isn't enough, but he made us for community and friends and marriage. And something I was thinking about recently was in the garden, Jesus yearned for his friends to stay awake with him, but he wasn't saying God wasn't enough for him. He wanted to people to be by him and with Mm -hmm. him. And so we were created for community and are very social beings and need each other. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't saying God isn't enough to get me through this. He was just, I just want my friends. (laughs) Right. So what are some things that the American church in general could do to improve singles ministries or just ministering to singles in the, in the grand scheme of church? So one thing that comes to mind is to actually talk about how it's a gift and honor single people from the front to actually teach the beauty of it. And that's not something I've heard a lot about, but the Bible says that singleness is a gift, Mm -hmm. but it's not really treated as one. And it hasn't really been even taught to me that it's a gift. I even think about my younger years. I didn't actually have older single women to look up to on this journey around singleness because the ones that I was around And I'm sure this isn't the case for a lot of other people, but for me, they were very um, obsessed and focused on marriage. And that's all that was talked about when I was with them. And it wasn't helpful for me being a single woman to be like, wow, and they're, I'm pretty sure they were probably around my age now. And there was just such an unhappiness around that. And so I didn't get to see a lot of, of people model it well, though there was this one woman and what she said changed everything for me. I met her at a prison ministry that I was doing. <laughs> I met her in prison. <laughs> we were in prison together. And she was probably 36 and single. And I don't even remember. We were just with her. And um, she was like, if I can give you guys any advice as you're getting older, is I want you to really enjoy your single years and live them up. Like, don't just sit longing and waiting and thinking about marriage that you miss singleness while it's in front of you because she had actually gotten married the year before. And she was like, I love marriage and it is a gift. But because I got to be single so long, I got to see the sweetness of it. Mm -hmm. And it is really sweet and you don't want to miss out on it and have the grass be greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that, you know, people, they so badly want to get married and then they're married and then they look back and long for their single years and wish that they had had those. And I think in, in anything, I just want to know that I can live the fullest and abundant life that I can either way, whether I'm single. Mm -hmm. And then I hope if I'm married one day that I, I can do the same that way. Yeah. 
And we could do that with anything. Yeah. And then I'm real, I realize I didn't fully answer your question. But what I think the church could do is to honor it more and mm-hmm. teach more about how it's a gift so that we can understand it as a gift and see it as something that is actually really fun. Like I can't express how much I love being single and I can't believe how much I love it. Like I never as a young person would have thought I'm going to love being single for years. First of all, I didn't think that was going to happen. But also I just didn't know that it would be this good. Like I love it so much and I know this isn't practical and I don't really expect everyone to do this, but I wish I could give give everyone the gift of being single until they're 27 just to, to taste it and experience it mm-hmm. because of how sweet it has been. And I know that can't, that's not necessarily the case for everyone, mm-hmm. but that's how I feel about it because of how much I love it. Mm-hmm. And I would love others to get to experience that. And so to have people from the front talking about that more and why it's so fun yeah. and even honoring people that are single. Uh, another story I think of is Carol Freeman, this amazing woman we work with. Um, one time was, okay, so we were, meeting with someone that I hadn't seen in years. And this woman just said the thing that I often hear as a single person is, why are you still single? Mm -hmm. And I was about to answer and Carol just jumped in and she was like, you know what? Christine would make an incredible wife and partner in life, but she has made an incredible single woman. And she just went off about my life, the life that I've lived, the people I've loved and ministered to in the way that I've lived it. And I had never in my life felt so proud of being single as I did in that moment and felt so honored where it was like, oh, I don't have to answer this shamefully. Like, um, I don't know why I, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, I have done singleness really well because it's not (laughs) like we're really complimented on singleness, Mm -hmm. but for her to do that changed something in me that needed to change. And for me to be more proud of it, to be like, Mm -hmm. I've actually done a really good job of being single and not a perfect job by any means, but none of us are perfect in in what we do in life. Yes, that's so true. So thank you, Carol, if you're listening. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move on to the listener questions. These were sent in specifically to you, Christine. They wanted you to answer this. So I'm going to couple these two first ones together. Um, It's asking for advice for living cross-culturally in a masculine-dominated culture as a single female. And the second one is any tips for dating or finding eligible dates on the mission field? Okay take those in any direction that you want. (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't feel like I have a lot of experience in these contexts. Even though I did live in Turkey for nine months, I was 22 and it was just a very, very long time ago. So I don't (laughs) even remember a lot of it um, along those lines. But one thing I would say is it's, I have visited a lot of these countries and visited a lot of students and people I know in these countries. And it is really, really hard to transition into that mindset or a country where there is such a harsh mindset against women. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend to actually pay attention to how that's impacting and affecting you and processing it out with people because that can get really internalized fast where you kind of start to Mm -hmm. lose sight of your identity and your worth and purpose and to have people speak into your life and remind you who you actually are and get perspective of who Jesus says you are and how kind and how much he respected women because that's a perspective to look at. Um, But it can be really hard in those contexts and so to just really take care of your heart in that place. Um, And then for finding someone, again, I don't know other than based off of what Friends say that have been in other countries and what they've tried, which I don't know how fruitful it's been, but dating apps are also used overseas. And 
looking online that way for people that might have similar interests or from that are from the states and the country that you're in and Mm -hmm. that are believers you can look for those types of things but I know that that's also hard so I think you could do a whole other podcast episode with someone that actually lives in that context that could speak to it I (laughs) will don't you worry (laughs) that would be good that's um up and coming hopefully so are you ready for this next one yes How do you know if you're called to a lifetime of singleness or it's just for a season? Well, I don't know that I'm called to singleness. I do know that I'm called to love God with all my heart. And I know I'm called to love my neighbor as myself. And so those are the things that I focus on and what I am called to. Mm -hmm. I don't mind the mystery of not knowing whether or not I will be married or single. And I think that's something that's worth embracing is the mystery of what will I, what will it be? Because I know a lot of people in the in their younger years were like, I'm called to singleness. And then they fall in love with someone and they're getting married and they have to wrestle through like, is this sin? Am I being disobedient? When I think a lot of it was just perspective mm-hmm. and what we're thinking as we're processing through things. And so you, it, it just can be hard when we put a calling on something that we're not yeah. 100% sure on. Yeah. And I think even being able to, one, embrace the mystery of it, but also it, it makes life more exciting because I could be married. I could be getting married at 50 years old. I don't know. I'll be there. <laughs> you will be officiating my <laughs> wedding. But also it's okay if I'm not getting married at mm-hmm. 50. I'm, I'm at peace with that. But I know that it's a journey even to get to that place of peace mm-hmm. at times. And then even just the wording of it, if, if you're a calling or is it just a season even that I struggle with because you just don't know is it a season mm-hmm. or not and so yeah. a lot of people are like I'm still in my single of se- season of singleness where it's like is it a season could be a Might lifetime make us feel better to label it a season but it's a for me it's <laughs> been true. a very long season that's true um we do this with so many things in our lives we call things a season but we never actually know how long that season will be for anything yeah like oh god has been teaching me this for this season yeah you still don't know how long that season could be it could be a year or three years or five years why not none of those things are wrong answers or bad answers and we can struggle with god's goodness when it doesn't line up with what we thought it should be Mm -hmm. if it's like this is a short season but it keeps going on and on and it's just like god have you forsaken me? I thought you said by now I would be married or by now this or this, but it's really always submitting our lives before him that even though I might not get what I want, I will not walk away. And I want to know what do you have for me then God, if it's not this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Psalm 84, it's the verse about, um, no young lion lacks food. And so the one who fears the Lord, he doesn't lack any good thing. So I would just challenge whoever asked that question to, dive into that verse and be like, okay, if I'm not lacking anything and God is good, he is showing his kindness and goodness to me. Well, maybe I should stop holding on to once I'm married, I'll experience the Lord's goodness that way. Yeah. You know, there's something good about what you're experiencing right now with God. Okay. The next one is how do you grow in contentment and singleness? So I, and I think I said this earlier, for me to be content is to learn to be present and not just daydreaming into the future or what I'm hoping and longing for, but what do I have right now in front of me? So fully being present with my friends, with my community, being present at work in my job, not always, yeah, looking ahead. Gratitude keeps me present also. Something I, I love doing before I go to bed at night is just being, listing out the things I'm grateful for. 
Like, I'm so grateful that today I got to laugh with Jenny and Bethany in the office. I like the little things and the big things. And then it helps me to be like, this is my season right now where I'm at. And it helps me be here. There's a, um, a quote that I really like by Rachel Marie Martin. And it says, sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought life would be like and learn to find joy in the story you're actually living. And so when I'm also losing contentment and looking ahead, I'll read that quote a lot of times. Be like, okay, yeah. This is my story. I don't need to think ahead in a make-believe world of what my story might be. If this is what it is, then God, what do you have for me in it? Mm-hmm. How do you lovingly respond when others ask if you're still single? I'm assuming those people are asking in a, you shouldn't have asked that type of way. <laughs> like, well, it could be a compliment. It could also yeah. not be a compliment. And I think it depends. How, like, if someone's asking me if I'm if I'm single are still single, I'll just say yes. Like, that's not very offensive. I think what mm-hmm. is most common that I hear is, why are you still single? Mm-hmm. And though both of those questions, I would just answer honestly, even to the why are you still single, it, the answer is I don't know. But then I'll, I want to make my singleness journey not sound like it's something I'm embarrassed of or ashamed of. So to be like, I don't know, but I've learned so much on this journey and I wouldn't change it, mm-hmm. which is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Because then it can go into another conversation where I can speak in, into singleness. And and when I was younger, I got offended a lot more mm-hmm. by c- certain questions. I think people don't realize what they're saying as they're yeah. saying or how loaded that question is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even asked people, like people have asked me like, well, do you think it's because of childhood, something in your childhood? Like oh, trying to find what's no. wrong. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you think you got married because of something in your childhood? <laughs> like we all do things because of Boom, things in our it. childhood. Yeah. We're all impacted. And, but the thing is, is God can make things beautiful mm-hmm. either way, whether we got married for unhealthy reasons or it was unhealthy reasons why there was singleness and we didn't get married. Mm-hmm. They all can become healed and redeemed and beautiful. But yeah, I think when I get those types of questions now, I can look at that person lovingly. Most people aren't out to hurt me and be Mm -hmm. mean to me. And so I can engage in the conversation, not out of offense, but out of being like, well, I don't know why I'm single. Or I don't know, maybe it is my childhood wounds. (laughs) Thankfully, I've had a lot of healing in my life. And Uh so I'm not too stressed about that. Mm -hmm. So someone sent in a question that said, what if you like being single and don't want to get married? I'm not sure... If that's a question you can answer, per se, yeah. <laughs> just what if, you know, that's the case. I think that that's beautiful because the goal isn't marriage. The goal is Jesus, mm-hmm. which uh, makes me think of a quote by Christine Kane where she says, Christian culture has created an idol of marriage and family. It is not greater than singleness. Scripture addresses both as a gift. Marriage and family is a gift, not your God. And singleness is a gift and not your God. And so I think it's it's just going with your life then. If, if singleness is what you want, then you keep running after Jesus. If marriage is what you want, you mm-hmm. keep running after Jesus in both of those scenarios. And mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, right on. You go, sister. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those worrying that they'll never find someone? And then the next question under that is, what if someone is worrying that they'll never find the right one? Similar, but not the same. Yeah, something, again, I love quotes. Um, A quote that comes to mind for that is by the poet Mary Oliver, who I love. And I use this, I look at this all the time. And she says, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? So when I think about the future of what I might be worrying about of, well, what if I don't find someone or the right one, then I can look at this and be like, well, what is it that I plan to do with my one wild and precious life then? Because 
if God is with me and God is good, then his intentions are good towards me. And there are so many beautiful, sacred things I get to be a part of in singleness that marrieds won't get to experience or know. And it's not mm-hmm. like, well, I get this and they don't, or they don't look at me and say, well, we get this and you don't. It's what do we get to do with what we've been handed in life or what we've been walking through in life. And it can be incredible and beautiful. And, and yeah, worry just hinders looking at the beauty of what it is around us. And obviously easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I get that. But this is a quote that I have really, really loved that's helped me to pause to be like, this is my one wild and precious life I get to live. So what am I going to do? Go on a manhunt or run with Jesus? (laughs) Along the way, I for sure, and I'm not saying, well, then don't ever go on dates again. I would 100% go on dates. Mm-hmm. I have been on dates. If someone would set me up, I would say yes, but it's not become my goal or focus anymore. Right. Yeah, it's different if it's, you know, you're searching on dating apps for someone to go on a date with out of curiosity and that desire. And then the other, the other side of it would be if you're looking to it for security or to be content in dating someone, but it's just, you can operate out of your desire, not let it control you. Yeah. And I, I am very much pro dating apps. And I knew going you were going to say dates. that. Dating like apps. <laughs> if, if you, if that is where you're at and it's like, I want marriage, I want to pursue this and I want to be in a relationship then that is one of the best ways to do that if you're not meeting someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge advocate. I've helped so many people sit with them, get on dating apps. like, And I've done them before too. Like, I think there's something important about actually being proactive. Mm-hmm. But there does come a point where it's like, you know, for me, I'm almost 40 and I did dating apps and I'm still single mm-hmm. to be like, okay, actually I'm a little bit burnt out from that. And yeah. it's okay that I'm just, at least for now, not doing that. And yeah. maybe in a year I'll be like, sign me back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes in seasons, but we never know how long those seasons will be. We never know. <laughs> the last question is, what would you say to listeners who are struggling with bitterness about being single? I would say to pay attention to the bitterness because bitterness and anger is telling us a story of what's going on inside of us. And it means that there's a there's hurting in your heart that needs to be looked at. And it's really important because our pain is important. Mm-hmm. And bitterness is often there's a deep, deep place of anger and sadness. And I found for myself connected to bitterness could be even people that have hurt or offended me. And so to be able to be like, okay, am I hurt because of the way people have treated me because I'm single Mm -hmm. and, or people that have thought I am less than there's just a stigma on singleness. First of all, it is getting way better than Mm -hmm. years ago. And even when I was in my early twenties, like early two thousands, we've come so far, but there is still a, a little bit of a stigma on singleness mm-hmm. and I've been hurt by a lot of it. And so to be able to go through and be like, yeah, there were actually some people that said some really mean things to me, or I was actually not chosen because I didn't have a husband to be my covering for whatever this thing oh, was to speak at or to do. Oh no. Um, <laughs> You know, it it just can be hurtful. And so to be able to bring it before the Lord and invite him in to be like, I will not be bitter and I will not have enemies over this. Yeah. Like I, I want to love everyone around me. I want to love and, and have compassion on those people. Mm-hmm. Again, because most aren't trying to hurt you. And yeah, to, to work through those things and to look at what else is going on in my heart because of this. Well, maybe there's a longing and a sadness that needs to be processed through. But I, I would say bring someone that's trusted and safe in to have a conversation with about it and explore the pain that's going on because 
it, it needs to be met with love. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really important to God when we're struggling and suffering. And bitterness is a form of suffering. And it's, it's on his heart to heal. I really believe that. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, whoever wrote that in, if you live on our campus, feel free to sign up for an appointment and we can <laughs> work yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. I like what you said about exploring what's in your heart. And sometimes that's what we have to do. It could be just... You sitting with God, okay, highlight the things that I feel bitter about so that you can pinpoint them instead of just putting this blanket of frustration and bitterness over everything in your life. Because when we're usually angry about one thing, we get angry at the other people for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. It could be very helpful. So as a fun little bonus add-on for everyone listening, since Christine and I do PMAs, personal ministry appointments. Um, we just thought we would include a little little mini one in here for you. So we're going to take some time for you to get alone with God. Now, you might want to pause this and go to a different room or pick this up at a different time. But why don't you go somewhere where you're able to connect with God and without any interruptions. Go ahead and put on some instrumental music if you want. And Christine will be leading us through a short prayer where you can just sort out those things in your heart. Okay. So take a moment to ask God if there are any areas of unforgiveness in your heart where you've been hurt by people because of singleness. Maybe even a past relationship that didn't work out, but just see if anyone comes to mind. And then take some time to list out what those specific things are that hurt you. It helps to list it out so you're not just saying, I forgive them for everything. But what are the offenses and hurt? What are the things that are there? So take some time and list out those things specifically. So forgiving doesn't mean that it excuses what happened, but you're going to get out of the judgment seat and let God judge that. That you don't have to sit there and stare at it anymore, but you can move on and leave it with God. And so take time now to forgive those people that hurt you or said the things that were hurtful. And as you're releasing and forgiving, just renounce bitterness. Something that I like to do is, is just to say, I, I no longer want to drink from bitter streams, but I want to drink from living waters and have your perspective, God. And often around singleness and this journey, we can pick up a lot of lies about ourselves. So wait and Just ask God if he wants to highlight any lies you're believing because of this, even lies you believe about him. And then ask God, what is the truth that is actually written over you? Take some time to renounce the lie. 
we don't always realize we're we're partnering with lies over our identity and so to break partnership with that and to say yes to the truth if truth wasn't coming to mind what is what is it that you know is true from scripture what god says about you and invite the holy spirit to help give you a new perspective of yourself You know, I feel like God is speaking to, to someone that's listening that God isn't punishing you. It's not your punishment to be single. But that God loves you so deeply. So whatever you might have been hearing, write those things down so you can remember them. You know, if this even brought up more things, it helps to find someone to pray with and process with. And if you want, you can repeat after me. God, I welcome you into my singleness. Teach me about singleness being a gift. Help me to find the sacred and the beauty of it and to know you more because of this. And I want to pray over you as well. God, I pray over every single person listening that lies would break off of them, that where their identity has been wrapped up in their, whether they're single or in a relationship status, that would be broken off of them in Jesus' name, that they would know that their worth and identity is that they are a son or a daughter so loved by you. And that they have this one wild and precious life they get to live with you. And I pray that it would be full of, of gratitude and excitement and joy. And that when times are hard and difficult, that they would know you more in the midst of it. That they would know you as a companion. Because that is also a really sweet aspect of singleness. And so I pray that they would know you in those ways. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christine. You're welcome, Jenny. See, I feel like that went well, but it was so difficult to get you as a guest. <laughs> and this will never happen again. <laughs> she says that now. You never know. So thank you for being the guest today. You're welcome. Everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next time on Head to Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. I love hearing from you. So if any part of this episode was helpful, go ahead, share it on your Instagram story and tag us. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or our website. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Thank you.